0: Welcome to another episode of Acts of the Blood God, and independent RPG podcast. I'm your host, Cat Bailey. Joining me as always, my lovely co-host, Nadia Oxford.
1: Hello, Kat. Uh, I just learned it's supposed to be kind of a, a messy weather day, the day that I fly out for PAX, so I'm very excited for that. Very, very thrilled. It's going to be fantastic.
0: I hope you make it. It would be kind of rough if you ended up in a uh, trapped in Toronto, because we're counting you to be at the panel, and we're counting on everybody else to be at the panel, which is that Saturday at 4:30 p.m eastern in which we're going to be drafting our ultimate rpg at pax east and joining me on that panel and i think hosting it is eric van allen
2: that's right i'll be uh, the rules master i am crafting the the system by which we will be drafting the greatest the five greatest rpgs ever made we're very excited about it uh, the best three games so far this year have been remakes and remasters and we're just really Embodying that thesis by taking the things you love from other games and turning them into new games.
0: We will be soon at PAX East. It's going to be great. But before that, we are going uh, to be tackling the Wii U and 3DS eShop closure. It is happening very soon. And now is a great time to look at some of the RPGs that you should be buying from those shops before they go ahead and no longer accept money tier. It'd be very sad. But before we get to that, if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. And you can follow me on Twitter at the underscore Kappa. is at Nadia Oxford and Eric is at CMOOSI, S-E-A-M-O-O-S-I. We're on Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod, where we have tons of bonus episodes, including Charlene Dropouts, Winter of Wick. Uh, back in the day, we did, uh, what was it? Autumn of Avatar.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. back uh, in the
0: day <laughs> back in the day we have specials like our developer deep dives and of course they're the pantheon of the blood god and if you join the stars of destiny you can join us for our live recordings which happen over on the discord it's a lively crew and there's a special pre and post show for everybody this week we're joined by abby of the moon amy art raider Beware the Slimes, Cardboard Belts, Drew RWX, Cal L, Robo Riley, Ruka, Spirus, Supermoop, and Zoo Batman. Thank you so much for your support. And finally, we have Acts of the Blood God Shop. There's dashes between all of the Acts of Blood God Shop where you can go ahead and buy lots of merch. And we're selling hoodies, t shirts, mugs, we add a cool tote bag for too long go and support the blood god show your fealty to the blood god in rpgs by buying you know a mug or something it'd be it'd be cool
1: (laughs) we don't need any of the animal sacrifice just the just buy a mug is fine
0: (laughs) all right it's time now for what we've been playing our sacrifices to the blood god and we'll start with you nadia what have you been playing uh, I've still been working on Octopath
1: Traveler, which is really funny because I uh, 40 hours into the game, I only now started one of the routes for, uh, I think it was for Hikari, uh, the samurai dude, which is like. You waited
2: until 40 hours into I that game to get to Hikari?
1: I still haven't even gotten the dancer, uh, whatever her name is. I,
2: uh, Agnia's fine. I mean, Agnia it's gets really thing. good later, but, but Hikari is like maybe the best character in the game, I like gameplay-wise.
1: I, I really could have used him because I did the third boss, uh the third chapter of Throne's story, and holy crap, that I really, really, really could have used Hikari. So my lesson was learned. Actually, that's one of the reasons I went to go look for the other people because I said, okay, you know what? I'm having fun chasing Throne's story. is really good, but I should probably slow my roll a bit and get some of the characters that I could then use their job to build up other characters now really cool although Outset has turned into a literal and figurative beast so mm. I- i'm pretty <laughs> set there yeah uh, really having a great time with the game i don't think i'm quite at the end yet or anything like that but i i am just kind of trundling along and before too long i should be able to to find my my way to the exit
2: i i am at the end and i'm over 100 hours in this game
0: are you actually uh. gonna watch the end this time
2: Yes, I will watch the ending. I will finish just gonna Octopath sit on the... 2 before
0: I finish Cena playing just... Chronicles 3. <laughs> Are you just going to sit at the cutscene? Wow, oh, you really no. love that game. You're just going in on it. How did you get to 100 hours already? That's crazy. Well, well part of this is that it's my job, Kat. But also, <laughs> you're like uh... so busy, though.
2: Well, I'm so busy because of well, I'm busy you're for a lot of so reasons. You're so busy but... playing
0: Octopath Traveler 2? Is that why you're so yeah. busy?
2: Oh. Yeah, and then I also have, like, another game I'm going to talk about in my section. But, uh, yeah, it's, like, I, I'm i currently formulating my review going up on Destructoid.com before PAX, please, for the love of God. <laughs> and, <laughs> Good luck with that. Um, I I really love this game. I am so surprised at how much I love this game and how much it keeps surprising me moment after moment of just the things it does and the the way it it molds path actions into the game in such a natural way but also just like how alive the world feels I think one of the coolest things this game does that people aren't talking about enough is the day night cycle because you have day night where you kind of have two different versions of world states and so you kind of have to use that as part of your problem solving right so maybe you're looking for somebody and they're only going to show up at night but time also passes within those windows so you have kind of like two sub times within those windows of like uh, sunrise and sunset and certain things will only happen at sunrise or sunset and so sometimes you you have to kind of use context clues to figure out oh this dude has been stealing stuff uh when everybody else is asleep. So not only do you have to change it tonight, you have to change it tonight and then wait for him to show up. And the game will make you wait. And and like
0: Wow, cool. Waiting. It's my favorite thing to do in a video game.
2: Yeah, but the game's not telling you like go here and wait for dude to show up. It's just something you have to figure out. And I do think that the step of not making it this assassin's creed like go here to do this quest so you can get more number go up but instead being like hey do you want to figure this out do you want to solve this go do it and if you don't want to do it then fine go do something else and like that's i think that is what's most refreshing to me is that this is a game that feels very much like a tabletop game when it's managed well is what do you want to do as the player And I am going to accommodate that. The game is going, what do you want to do? And we're going to find that stuff for you. We're going to have things for you to find that you are interested in. Uh, It's just a very subtle twist. It's very good.
0: I agree that games that just have a marker that say, go here, get thing. It has destroyed the remaining ability for me to exercise critical thinking. Because when I was playing Mass Effect and I didn't have that marker, I was like, where do I go? What do I do? (laughs) I I don't understand.
2: Novaria is so good.
0: Yeah, and um, level design in the past was was designed in such a way as to if you just explored a little bit, you'd figure out how to get anywhere. And now I'm just like panicking when I don't have a freaking marker. Bless Breath of the Wild for not having, having any of that shit.
1: I was going to say, uh, hopefully, you know, Breath of the Wild will be a good cleanser. But Elden Ring was a whole game of figure your own damn self out. And I, I had a great time with that. And Octopath is very much the same way in that regard.
2: Yeah. Baldur's Gate 3, Disco Elysium, also games that I think do that very well. Um, and just kind of like, you know, give you tools and and say, like, how do you want to handle this? Um, so I, I do like that. It seems like we're trending towards that school of thought in RPGs. Yeah. Uh, It makes me happy versus like as much as I like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I don't need every game to tell me what to do except for Death Stranding. We do need Die Hardman in more games just going like, Sam, this is this is a slice of bread. You can use it to hold other sandwich condiments.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nadia, what have you been playing?
1: Uh, Besides Octopath Traveler 2, I've also been playing a little bit of FF14 because we have the Loperit beast quest going on and it is so cute there's like a i won't give away the story but it involves a a very sad loperit with uh black fur and anytime you have like anything with black fur and it's a rabbit like come on come on so i'm i'm deep into that and unlocking all the new rewards for that i just got a little minion that's a loperit so i have a naming way of my own not the naming way but a naming way
0: i don't have time to play video games anymore it seems like (laughs) i was in los angeles uh this past week, and it was all for work. And then I was, like, flying home, and I was like, I want to play some Nintendo Switch. I'm going to get through another level of Fire Emblem Engage while I'm flying. And I turned on my Switch, and it gave me the battery is dead sign. No! And I was like, <laughs> oh. Oh. Can't you plug it in? Uh, isn't there? Uh... I was on a Southwest Airlines flight, oh. and I, and it was less than an hour.
3: Oh, I hate that. It was yeah. only like
0: an hour to San Francisco. Yeah. And so I took out my book, except that they had turned off the lights in the plane so that people could doze or whatever. So I was sitting there with the using the light of my phone screen on my page to try and read my book um, on the way <laughs> on the way home. So that was my last best opportunity to actually play a video game. However, I am playing D&D today. Uh, oh, nice. growing, I Good rolled up a bard, and I guess the premise is that uh, we're in a remote mountain town that has been taken over by elves, tyrannical mm. elves.
1: Those bastards. Those 28 bastards.
0: And I guess my character is like a multi-generational, um, she, she comes from a very large family, a multi-generational merchant family. Uh, she had a falling out with her mom, and she's part of the resistance. It's like Andor. Hell yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, she's, she she's a bard. She's a performer, punk rock D and D girl, and uh, my housemate Ina. I like I describe like my whole background. Like, and I created all these characters, uh, so that the DM can use them to tell the story. And my my housemate goes. I'm a giant cat. <laughs> I'm just
2: like, okay. <laughs> that's hey, my you... kind of character writing. I was going to say, that's a Nadia character right there. When we were making <laughs> our D&D characters, you're just like, I just want to be a dragon. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I, I am. to be a dragon. Good old for. <laughs> I like that character. Me too. That so the best one. Our, our R- d and
2: characters were very fun.
0: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> we had a great time. A pack of weirdos. That was um, fun for sure. We have a, a monk, a rogue, a ranger, a bard, and a um, warlock. And I was like, well, that sounds like a pretty squishy party. And they're like, oh, no, this is a very brawny dwarven ranger. So th- that they're going to tank for us. So I'm like, oh, okay. A ranger cool. who tanks? Really? Uh, sure, why not? Okay and i guess i'm going to be providing the bulk of my of the party buffs and defuffs and, mm, mm-hmm. and healing such.
2: and such and all the like charisma checks that you'll do outside uh-huh. of combat and stuff too
0: yeah yeah and i can turn invisible apparently oh oh an yeah. invisible
1: bar that's not a problem right to, at all that won't, <laughs> won't cause trouble
2: it's
0: like <laughs> where's that, that music, music coming, coming from, from?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is
2: that non diegetic? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Who, who, who said I, I that just weird? saw that Archer episode where Cheryl's like, where is that music coming from? Every <laughs> yeah. time there's
0: a sting in the background.
1: <laughs> you hear it too? Oh my god.
0: Who are you? The narrator? Um <laughs> Nadia, how far are you in Archer?
1: Uh actually we just started uh well actually we're a little bit into um Archer Vice. Mm. Which is, oh,
2: you're in, I in the I know spin-off it's, era, yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely the spin off era, which I think is hilarious because just the By now, they know these people are totally incompetent, but somehow competent in their own way. So it's like, hey, let's just have a thing where they keep gradually losing cocaine that they're trying to sell. It's
0: cocaine.
3: (laughs) Have you tried cocaine?
0: (laughs) Pam getting addicted to cocaine is the best part of that series Mm -hmm. this season. Mm -hmm. This is what I'll say about (laughs) Archer Vice. To me, that's the real ending of the show. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I've
1: I've heard like the spinoffs kind of get weird from there. But yeah, so far, I think Archer Vice is hilarious. I know it's completely
0: stupid, but... The next season is Adam Reed being just completely checked out and really, honestly, not caring at all. Oh, that's too bad. the The season after that is when it starts getting quite weird. <laughs> they're like, I don't know, it's a lot of weird, high concept ideas for multiple seasons in a row. Mm-hmm, and then, uh-huh. and then, the last couple seasons have actually been pretty solid. But I'll, I'll be honest, I like the first five seasons of, of archer the most and after that we're like i'm good yeah it ends with archer vice as far as i'm concerned i'll probably just take a break after archer vice i'll definitely get to i want to see like all of
1: it but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna like binge it but my husband adores it though so he might want to i don't know
0: what's your favorite uh what's your favorite episode
1: oh god i'm trying to remember which one it was like shoot you'd have to come back to me on that one maybe i'll do maybe i'll think about it and talk about it on the post show because
0: i can't remember off the top of my head but there Every was one, one of the had vehicle episodes uh, I really liked the the one where they're on the train with the Canadian Mounties and the that was
2: great. That was amazing. <laughs> that ocelot's crepuscular. <laughs> <laughs> you fox Rack. piss off. <laughs> 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 or Babu. No, Babu?
3: no, Babu. I think it's uh,
1: <laughs> is it Shane Bettenhausen who has a a cat named Babu? It's like a uh, not a several. It's like a Asian fishing cat. I can't remember the name of the the breed, but it looks like Babu. It's really cute.
0: I also liked the three. Uh, part episode where they're on adventure island the adventure island with the pirates and everything oh that's that an excellent funny. one <laughs> was that the uh, one where no the, the one where they blew up the oil pipeline they're trying to blow, blow up the oil pipeline and they're stuck with the alligator that's mm, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. angry it's the one where cheryl them. gets kidnapped and we see <laughs> pam's tattoos for the first time <laughs>
3: oh
1: the, that that was a great one actually anything to do with the yakuza and pam is hilarious <laughs> uh
2: the airship my favorite episode uh, the, i love the airship. that was great well
0: that the airship inaugurated that whole entire series of now mm-hmm. now what crazy vehicle are are they on and mm-hmm. that was when they discovered the power of the ensemble cast yes, yes. like oh yeah. this is like an incredible ensemble it's not just archer and Lionel. yeah exactly so-
2: the M as in Mancy bit gets me every time.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, it's Good pretty stuff. twisted. I love it. Yeah, I haven't thought about Archer in a minute. Oh, they did a great Bob's Burgers uh, crossover that too. That was fun. Mm. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Uh, all right. That's it for what we've been playing. The uh, shit. <laughs> oh, we forgot about poor Eric. Yeah. No, i I asked you what you've been playing, Eric. No, you didn't. Did you no, said Nadia Octopath Nadia twice. Traveler, too.
1: <laughs> yes, Nadia, no. twice. You got confused <laughs> but, because Eric and I were both talking about
2: Octopath yeah, Traveler. We talked about Octopath.
0: Nadia, I, I'm sorry. I asked Nadia what she's what she been playing, and you took over, Eric, like oh, no, you always thought, do. And you were okay. just talking about Octopath Traveler, and I was like, well, obviously. <laughs> eric's talking about what we've been that's playing that's why so. we have
2: notes You're i totally. wrote down what i've been playing
0: <laughs> what are you what could you possibly be no, playing done, outside of octopath <laughs> which you put like 150 hours into that's a good question what have you been playing eric uh,
2: yeah yeah it is a good anyway, question. it's we should ask to move that on. more no. often <laughs> yeah. uh i've been playing paranorma site a different square enix game how is uh, that okay. i'm
1: hearing really good things
2: Yeah, so uh, I'm going to give you like the the upper level and then like the spoiler level. I'll tell you when it's when it's coming so people can jump ahead, because I think at the top level, this is a visual novel that is uh, made by Square Enix. And I'm going to bring this up real quick because Bowl of Lentils, a YouTuber uh, on Twitter, made a really great video about or not video a thread about this uh, that the the person who's behind the whole project at square uh takanari ishiyama got his start at konami as a sound designer but eventually moved on to making a lot of these kind of early 2000s mobile games that are are like kind of famicom detective ace attorney type games um it's it's really good really fantastic uh, good thread i would recommend you all check it out uh but this is basically coming from that side of history that we never really got a lot of uh in in the u.s i would say they've gradually started being ported over and all that but um paranormal site at the high level is a visual novel point and click adventure type game that's very much um it's very zero escape. I like, I don't know how to get around that. It's, it's, it's got zero escape vibes. And I don't say that lightly. I'm not saying like, Oh, it'll remind you. No, it, it does. It does the tricks that zero escape does, or like other really good visual novels that kind of, it, it does meta stuff very, very interestingly and very cool. And if you don't want to know more about it, you want to just go in knowing nothing else, because I do think you should do that. Uh, that's that. If if you need a little more convincing spoiler part, all right. If you don't want it, skip ahead five minutes. Um, the whole the whole concept of paranorma site is that you are uh caught up in this situation in a town where there's the rite of resurrection happening and different cursed objects have appeared in the town, and different users are trying to kill other curse bearers, other curse holders uh to get their uh souls and 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 put them in the curse stone and once they get enough souls they'll be able to bring someone back to life. All of the curse stones have different activation phrases kind of or activation uh conditions. So if you've ever like watched Hunter Hunter or something like that and you like those fights where people are just trying to figure out what each other's power is and how it works so that they can win the fight uh it's got a lot of that it's got a lot of that so uh your character that you start the game out with uh his is he can kill somebody if they walk away from him and so he spends a lot of conversations trying to get people to walk away from don't you turn
1: your back on me oh please do um
2: another another character uh, and so this is this is high high level spoiler so if you've heard this and have not Been bought in yet? This is like highest level spoilers. I will go for like the tutorial section of the game. Uh, there is a part where you were dealing with a curse user, and his activates if you hear the noise that it makes, right? If you hear his voice, um, you have already lost the condition has been met. At the beginning of this game, when I was playing it, uh, the storyteller who is kind of your dark pictures anthology type character who like moves you through the story and lets you bounce around between scenes and stuff goes through all the menu settings with you. And I was like, this is very elaborate. Why are you doing this? Why are you like taking me through all the menu settings? So when I got to this guy and I died to him a few times, I was like, huh?
3: He I thought had back
2: you to that.
1: fiddle around so, with something, didn't he?
2: I went into the options and saw that the audio had three different sliders for Main audio, music audio, and voice audio, and that third one's very curious when there's not really voice acting in this game. Uh, yeah. or At least I don't think there is. I I don't remember if there was or not because I turned voice off, and and so I went back and replayed that scene. It was like I've got you now. You've heard my voice. I will take yours. Why isn't it working? <laughs> Why what what what's going wrong? And, and your guy your guy goes like, huh, that didn't work. Why didn't that work? I don't know why it's not working. Like, he doesn't know. You know, but they don't know. <laughs> and, and so your dude's like, okay, well, I'll let you get away just this one time. And then the other guy's like, oh, thank you. And he turns around and then you curse him and take his life. <laughs> and, like, it's that sort of game. It's that sort of, like, really interesting concept of visual novel but doing a lot more and really interesting like things with the it, format and with the it media, does sound what like zero escape
1: of, a lot like it
2: yeah yeah and which is good like this is another banger for square honestly between octopath and paranormal site and it makes me a little frustrated because we're sitting here on the other side of all that forsaken stuff where square was like oh forsaken didn't meet expectations and you mean for level games didn't whatever whatever
3: exactly
1: (laughs) for
2: for spoken uh for spoken didn't meet expectations and our mid-level games did not match up and like they've already put two really good games out this year but those are not the ones that are getting the big push so
1: i think thankfully octopath is getting some word of mouth like i've had several people tell me um that they bought the game just from our recommendations alone Yeah, at least a half dozen
0: alone, probably. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I mean, mean,
1: more than that, to be honest with you. But the point is, they like the game, they're telling their friends, that's how it goes. And it's really good because, like you said, Eric, I'm kind of frustrated with Square Enix putting out the Blunderbuss and releasing all these amazing games, like some of their best in years. And, oh, nobody likes them. I guess we'll just go off and do
0: NFTs. Yeah, the NFT thing is a real bummer, isn't it? (laughs)
1: It kind of is stop it guys like it's 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 so over. How could they keep on doing this? Someone says because Japan's usually about a year up behind when it comes to tech. So, I don't know.
0: Japan. Yeah. What about NFTs? Uh, that that's really hot right now. It's just I'm just <laughs> picturing Slowpoke
1: saying that like from Pokemon, "Hey guys, you know it's a great idea. This really hot thing called NFTs." God damn it, it, Slowpoke will be
0: like, "Holy shit, ChatGPT. Kill me now." <laughs> uh, well, okay uh nadia what have you been playing oh wait no just kidding <laughs> let me tell you all about it. <laughs> all, all right Bill more Ritz. games i've
2: been playing if you want to hear about them you want to talk about Exoprimal. primal <laughs> i've been playing Exoprimal? is it good i I played a little bit of Exoprimal. uh it's fine it's it's do you want to shoot dinosaurs you can shoot dinosaurs
0: you know the diablo 4 beta happened this past weekend
2: uh, yeah, I know someone else who is playing it. Uh, I'm not playing that one. I do have to put a limit on myself at some point on how many games I play.
0: <laughs> there is that. As we know, I don't play games. I do know, however, that the only way to get into the beta this weekend outside of pre-ordering was to go through their KFC promotion, What the f- which was just getting memed and people were going crazy about it. And somebody called it an anti-vegan code or something like that. <laughs> And um, I mean sting.
2: always knew a Double Down would send me to hell. I just did exactly. not think it would be that literal. <laughs> Canadian
1: KFC <laughs> sucks ass. There's no way I'm ordering Canadian KFC, much less for a Diablo 4.
0: Yeah, I, I'm i not sure what to make of Diablo 4. I know that there are these world bosses that are sort of raid creatures or something like that. Mm. Uh, it's getting more MMO-ish and yeah. such, but um, it's impossible to deny the uh, popularity of uh, Diablo Four, or it's going to be a big seller for sure. People are very excited about the the Diablos, apparently. Um, however, in true Blizzard fashion, people are already dealing with server outages
1: Yeehaw. and such. Of Yeehaw! Course. That's so, to be expected, though, from anyone. To be fair,
0: I'm probably going to wait until I don't know. I, I think I'm going to wait until the final release to actually play it. Uh, not yeah. the least because I'm going to be on the road this. This coming weekend, and then I'm yes, going to be, and then yeah, I'm going to be in Pax. East. I'm going to be in Boston when the. Oh, uh, we're just
2: going to set up and play Diablo in Boston. Uh, It'll be fine. Do we have to? No.
0: <laughs> oh, <So you> play <laughs> thanks, 14. guys. That's a relief. Actually, you know what? I'm going to play on the way uh, to to Boston. It's not Octopath Traveler. It's sure. not uh, Fire, Emblem Fire Emblem Engage. I'm totally going to play Vampire Survivors. Oh yeah, hell yeah! That's a hell great yeah. game.
1: I'd love to have it on a Switch.
0: That's like that's just the best. That is the absolute best cross country game. It mm. is. I've mm-hmm.
1: kind of been playing a lot of uh, uh Pocket card Jockey as well, because I mm. wish it wasn't stuck on Apple Arcade. It's still so good. Uh, I had a horse named Emmett Selk. I had to give it to the knackers because it was too angry. So I bred Emmett Selk two, and he's a G five, w- a G one winner like five times.
0: Just put it good on stuff. the
1: Switch. I'd love to have it on the Switch, but then again, the, tw- the touch screen on the Switch isn't as good. Although I did use it for Sushi Strikers, which was a great underrated game. I love that stupid game so much. Remember
0: Sushi Strikers?
1: Yes, I do. I
3: sure I do. I think I
0: remember doing a preview, being like, "This could be the next big multiplayer hit for the Nintendo Switch," and then it was nothing of the sort. It could I have really been. It enjoyed was it. Fun. It was a good party game. Got bored with it pretty quickly.
1: I finished it. There was a line in there that says, "Even when a lover betrays you, sushi never will." And it's just <laughs> delivered totally straight. It was great. What
0: a great game! Part of the problem with that game was that it was a full price package and not just mm-hmm. a downloadable game, and nobody was going to pay fifty dollars for that thing. Yeah, unfortunately, but, I do agree with that. But I wish they did. It was a great game. Okay, assuming that uh, Eric doesn't have more games uh, to talk about, uh, let's talk briefly about what's releasing this week. March twenty fourth, Atelier Riza three. Will be releasing on various platforms is called Alchemist of the End and the Secret Key, and I think it's kind of the culmination of the series. Um, I was looking up; it's like, should I play Atelier Riser One and Two before I play Atelier Riser Three? And the answer is yes, yes, you should. Actually, Um, we haven't talked a ton about Atelier Riser on or the Atelier series in general on Acts of the Blood God, but Atelier Rises kind of the best regarded versions of those games in years. The Nintendo Switch physical version in particular uh, was was very, shall we say, uh, in demand. Uh, people were struggling to get it. Atelier Riser made a lot of meaning, uh, Atelier Riser 2 made a lot of meaningful improvements to the, the combat system in such a way that I kind of reminded me of Lightning Returns. Actually, I had a lot of fun with it. And then Atelier Riser in many ways is more of the same, but it's, wrapping it up i would say the biggest uh boon of a riser is if you like if you like anime and if you like really gorgeous visuals <laughs> that that's the series for
2: you boy did i watch you craft that sentence in real time just now if you like really <laughs> gorgeous visuals
3: <laughs> you like gorgeous
2: huge uh, trucks of land <laughs> <laughs> gorgeous visuals i mean the environments
1: are great <laughs> There was one of the Atelier Rising games, I can't remember which one it was, I think it was Atelier Rising Iris something or other, because I don't know the games at all, but it did have a great theme song uh, called, the, the German word for black and white, or German term for black and white, something like that, and uh, yeah, that was by one of the guys who composed for Ragnarok Online, which still has a great soundtrack to me, so yeah, that's a has a pretty good soundtrack, but otherwise I know nothing, 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 nothing about Atelier's series.
2: Yeah, it's it's that. one that I've always wanted to dive into because I see people in our Discord talk about it and they seem pretty enthused about it. And I like crafting and and potion making and alchemy and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll jump in at some point. I've got the first one loaded up on my Steam Deck because uh, it seems like a pretty ideal Steam Deck game. So, uh, I'll mark that down. Maybe we got to put it in a Pantheon. That's how we always force ourselves to play these games as we put them in a Pantheon phone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Robo Riley in the chat's going, Kat, do you read Playboy for the articles? And Robo Riley, I can say, yeah, I do, in fact, read Playboy for the articles. Did you know that they're actually pretty good? Playboy <laughs> asked me to write an article for
1: them once, but they never really? followed up. Oh, yeah, when they had a that.
0: gaming section. Yeah, yeah they I, asked I wrote some me articles for, for
2: that gaming section once upon a time. I go hey, yeah. tell yeah. them to go to hell.
1: They never call me yeah. back. Don't ghost me.
2: Okay, hey. well, look, they closed that gaming section down I real know. fast. It was it was not long for this world. <laughs> we, had, we had to get in while the getting was good.
0: <laughs> Did they pay all right?
2: Oh yeah, they paid pretty well. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, you always got to get in on those magazines. Got to get on the that... big ones with the investor mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. secret, kids. Exactly when when they're booming. Like I was like, oh hell yeah, fanbite. Fanbite was a big one. Uh, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. to all of my good friends, but. They paid really well. And I was like, hell yeah, let's get on that money
1: train. Get on the money train while you can, because it's going to stop real hard. And you got to (laughs) jump to the next one before you
3: die. We all kind of knew it,
0: too. but Sadly. R.I.P. Died too young. But Mm -hmm. It's now, it's time for a series of random encounters.
2: If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
0: A new Persona 5 spinoff has been announced for China, and it's a mobile game. And it looks kind of like a ROM hack of Persona 5 <laughs> with a, a new mascot, a new main character, and a lot of very forgettable looking characters and it looks pretty much exactly the same as persona 5 but it does have in-app purchases so look forward to the phantom x coming to mobile devices very soon Uh, former ZAUM developers have resolved the dispute with disco elysium in a statement that's what the heck is this sentence
2: eric i don't even know what the heck you're not you you gave up reading that sentence like three words in (laughs)
0: Former Zaum developers former dispute Zayoum. the Disco Elysium studio statement that the several lawsuits have been resolved.
2: Yes, yeah, so huh. the studio the studio went out and said like it's Where's all good, going on? everything's settled and then the Zayoum, the former Zaum developers who had left <laughs> the studio said, uh no it's not we're still beefing over here nothing's been resolved and it it it's it's messy. It's very messy. Like uh, Disco and,
0: Elysium the world. Yeah. yeah continues the studio to was be like a weird uh, situation. The studio is going. Oh, they've dropped the lawsuit because there's a lack of evidence. And <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, uh, it,
3: mm-hmm.
2: it's semantics and 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 arguing in the public forum, and it's it's just a lot. Um, so there still continues to be fallout and messiness from zaoom uh, and the Disco Elysium folks, uh, and that and it, it's a shame that that is like the little footnote on that game's legacy.
0: Sea of Stars has been added Xbox to its launch platform lineup. Um, System Shock remake has been pushed back to May 30th. And then, uh, Doug Bowser talked about the t- Tears of the Kingdom price tag being $70 and saying that the price point reflects the type of experience that fans can expect when it comes to playing this particular game. But it's a case by case basis, as I have said before. Mm-hmm. And finally, Actor Lance Reddick died at oh, age sixty. That. He was well known for his roles on The Wire and John Wick, uh, Winter of Wick. Oh my God, mm-hmm. um, yeah. he was so good. The Continental. Mm-hmm. I would say outside of Keanu, uh, John Lance Reddick was absolutely the highlight. Yes, of John Wick. What a shame! Right before John Wick Four comes out, as well.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and and also in within the gaming space too, like. His mm-hmm. contributions to Destiny 2, both as the voice of Commanders of Allah, but also like the videos he would do on social media and stuff like that. Absolutely incredible. As as Beware the Slimes posted, uh Lance Reddick's appearances on the Eric Andre show are freaking hilarious. <laughs> yes. Uh uh, like just an amazingly charismatic um enthusiastic person who clearly brought a lot of warmth and and kindness to the things that he did there's so many stories about uh what an incredible person he was on and off the set uh just too soon uh it's it's pretty heartbreaking
0: that is really too bad indeed rest in peace to a great one topic for this week's episode Uh, the Wii U and the Nintendo 3DS eShop are closing you will no longer accept payments so it will be far harder to buy a lot of great RPGs on these particular platforms you might be able to buy them physically but you'll have to work harder in order to do that and I expect that availability will become prices uh, are gonna shoot right up prices are gonna definitely shoot right Mm up Mm -hmm. so let's talk a little bit about some of the RPGs that we would recommend that you pick up on the Wii U and the 3DS before the eShop ends up closing and I'll start with a piece of DLC actually so Fire Emblem Fates I think a Fire Emblem entry that's unfairly maligned it is not as good as arguably Three Houses or Engage. I like Conquest better than Awakening, actually. Uh, oh gracious. But, but Fire Emblem standards quite middle of the road. Do you remember that there was DLC for it? Called Revelations. No. Oh, Revelations, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there was Birthright and then there was Conquest and then there's Revelations, and Revelations was pitched as DLC, but in some ways it was the the true ending, I suppose. It was the one that brought together all the characters into one. And fans are a little bit split on whether it's good or bad, because there are plenty of fans who are like, I hate the maps in Revelations so much. But there are other fans who are like, I love the customization and just having this giant pool of characters that I can mess around with. Very cool. I got kind of sick of Fire Emblem Fates right around halfway through Birthright, (laughs) so I kind of gave up on it, but if you don't buy Revelation, it's going to be pretty much impossible to get it unless you get the physical copy, and the physical copy is extremely rare because it came in a special edition, so it's kind of sad in my view. Because it's in a way breaking the game. It's like, well, cool, we released this game in three parts, but oh yeah. well, one of the parts is no longer available. Sorry. There's a lot of that going around. Yeah. When they when they make one part of it all digital, basically, or they make a game super reliant on DLC, unless mm-hmm. they release a complete edition, it's uh it's gonna be a little bit rough, but Eric, what would you recommend
2: out of the the three DS shop? I would say that the one I I ensured that I went and got uh like a long time ago when this first got announced was Radiant Historia because. Yes. I like to say that I have two backlogs. I have the long backlog that is like, I would like to play this game at some point. I don't know, maybe. And then I have the actual backlog that is games. I do truly intend to play at some point in my life. And radiant historia is on that backlog. It is on the, uh, I need to play this game. Every time I hear about it, I'm like, Oh, that's my jam. We (laughs) have
1: so (laughs) your jam. And there's a retronauts episode where it was myself and Anthony Agnello. Just, going off about the game forever i think we did it we did an episode of the uh uh the blood god as well where i think i had to replace cat for a week and i was like hey I want to come on the show and make chaos of course he did so we just talked about reading his story chaos pretty much and it was a great it was a good episode great game so unique and the battle system is so satisfying absolutely get that one if you are in the shop
0: do we think that's a pantheon level game
1: I would say so. I would love. To we, see
2: it we'd in Japan have to do a game. vote on it. We'd, yeah, we'd have to have a uh, special episode about it.
0: I don't know that much about Radiant Historia because it kind of bored me when it came out, <laughs> and I gave up on it.
1: Did you play uh, the old one or the remake? Because it's the remake. I'd re- I don't ever play the original, so I don't the original, the OG. Okay, I hear they really but, improved it with the the remake. So. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah.
0: That's cool. I uh, yeah, I, I'm curious uh, what. What does it contribute to RPG history aside from being good?
1: It has a, a really unique method of storytelling where your choices make a lot, like, a, a lot of difference. Uh, like I said, the battle system manages to be really engaging because you, well, you kind of, you probably remember it where you, you hit an enemy and the way you hit them, like, you can push them back into other enemies and end up, like, kind of grouping them all into one little spot and just wailing on them from there. It's <laughs> it's a lot of fun. and. It's one of those those games where you go through the same paths again and again. And you kind of see the same places again and again, but through different contexts. And there's a mm. whole really, like, sticky mystery. Just you got to untangle at the same time. And it's a very... It's more it's one of the more mature RPG stories, like, where it's not about a teenager saving the world or anything like that. It's a very, like, prolonged war in a world that's slowly becoming, like, succ- succumbing to desertification. And uh, there's some pretty interesting relationships there like i will just say that one of the cutest characters in the game like can go absolutely batshit insane in one of the endings and it's just like actually startling so yeah it's it's all good stuff i would certainly recommend it
2: it's like a it's a time manipulation game right where you, yes. you do things in the past and they will affect
0: the future and stuff yes. like that
1: it's definitely different it's definitely a multiple pathways game but yeah,
0: yeah. Uh-huh. victor hunter our pal over on charlie and dropouts go check it out says Radiant Historia has the best time manipulation mechanics I can think of.
1: It's up there. It's certainly up there. Definitely an A tier game.
0: Not S tier, though. A tier.
1: I'd put it in. I, I don't know. I'd, I'd comfortably put it with an S tier if I really like. I, if you're talking about the 3DS are in we, general, yes. Talk about are RPGs. Are we tier
2: listing 3DS RPGs now? Oh I'm not. Oh, <laughs> let's
0: let's <laughs> stop before I, before I die. Of, Is of there an S tier uh, 3DS RPG? Uh. uh
1: don't say yes. Fire Emblem
0: Awakening.
2: I mean, I mean
1: it is, but also it is. It's
0: an A <laughs> yeah. tier. That's an A tier. No. Cat.
2: No. Just, come on. No.
0: Let's stop acting it's... like Fire Emblem Awakening is just because it's the first one that most Americans played, let's please stop acting like Fire Emblem Awakening is the best in the series. I played it's, a lot. Before it's not I it.
2: the best, but it's really, really good. Like it is in the top five at the very least, if not the top three. Like It's quite a good game.
0: S tier? (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. It it is one of the best games you can buy for the 3DS. I I will say that full stop. It is one of the best games you can buy for the 3DS.
0: I will not disagree with that. I I will say that it's one of the best games that you can play uh, for the 3DS. Well, in which case, Fire Emblem Conquest is S tier as well. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to fight that. Hey. Yeah, take it. No. um, Uh, Sure, why not?
2: For for other S tiers, uh, the Devil Survivor updates are both on 3DS. The first one for Devil Survivor one, I think, it's called Overclocked. Um, yeah, doesn't add too much. Like it adds a little bit. I don't think it added enough. And I think uh, Devil Survivor two Record Breaker is the one that's a lot more interesting because it straight up adds essentially a new path, a new game, uh, that's set after the events of devil survivor two. kind of pseudo weird. It's, it's, it's strange. It's, it's wibbly wobbly, but it's, uh, really, really good. Uh, I, I think that devil survivor one stands on its own on the DS. And I feel like that's a DS game at heart, but I think the best version of devil survivor two is record breaker on the three DS. So, uh, I would definitely, if you are interested in those games, you should seek those out because I think they are very good. Um, I like Devil obviously.
0: survivor 2. It was really hard.
2: Yes. Those games are ridiculously hard. Um, one of the bosses in Devil survivor one is like an infamous boss check um, situation. And, it's it's good They're, we need to do a pantheon of those games someday dang it i need to nominate them uh because we need to talk about double survivor at some point you have get, nominated them
0: but i don't think they ever got that far i don't
2: think i've ever nominated it i know really? they've been in the pantheon vote but i don't know if i've never ever uh personally nominated them because the last one i nominated for for a thing was lunar
0: right uh, Victor hunter who is not on the show for some reason is going, I'm going to put Seventh Dragon VFD on the table for cannot-miss 3DS RPGs. Ryoko Kodama produced amazing Yuzu Koshiro soundtrack, and it's secretly better than Etrian Odyssey, as a party synergy dungeon crawl.
1: I know that Parrish is a huge fan of Seventh Dragon, or at least some of the Seventh Dragon games. I always meant to try them. The OG
0: Seventh Dragon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Sometimes I hear the soundtrack, and it sounds fantastic. I actually forgot that it was uh, Yuzu Koshiro behind those Of course,
2: it was. I've pulled out my 3DS to look at what I have on here.
1: (laughs) I would (laughs) recommend personally a shout out to my first SMT game, which was Strange Journey Redux. Mm,
3: That mm -hmm, was a really mm -hmm.
1: good. I really enjoyed that. And even though I've liked uh, subsequent SMT games after that, I feel like Strange Journey Redux, I don't know if it's nostalgia, but I feel like it was my favorite one. Just something about the atmosphere and the music and the kind of primitive graphics all working together the way they did gave it a really creepy ass feeling i'll oh, go on
2: I, art academy baby art academy for
0: sure Ooh, art
3: so academy.
0: yeah i don't know if there is an s tier 3ds rpg oh okay. i'm looking at this list I'm, I'm not seeing one these are all quite good fantasy life fantasy saying, life's so good there's a difference between quite good and s tier so the difference between quite good and pantheon level
3: Bowser's would i put inside any of these story. games in the
0: pan Bowser's I don't
1: inside know. story bowser's inside story is definitely great eh,
2: eh, eh. I,
0: fantasy life that's a good one
2: well what do you what are the takes on sun moon in here i, I know i that, love
0: sun and moon my i feel favorite. like
2: xy is is kind of collectively <laughs> not anyone's i've never heard someone say pokemon no. xy is their favorite
0: eric nah, xy okay. nostalgia is a thing now of is there a thing is. now?
2: Are we in that phase? The
0: XY, the XY generation has come of age, and they love X and Y. Of course they do. I, Here's my take uh-huh. on Sun and Moon. I like it better than X and y. Uh-huh. I, uh, I did like that the XY generation had Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, which brought back contests. And I was extremely salty at the time because of the lack of the Battle Frontier, but just having the contests come back, that ruled. I was so happy. Also the secret bases, that also ruled, so uh, fair play to that. But generally speaking, I prefer the art style of Sun and Moon, and it had Mega Evolutions and the Ultra Attacks, which made it really messy, but it was also the end of an era for Pokemon in general, because that was the last time we had them all. That was the last time that you could actually catch all of the Pokemon. And it had a great story, actually, and uh, some great starters too. That was the yeah, That was the one starters. that gave us Rowlett and Lytton and Lytton mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the and one, Poppy the other I one, guess. the what was the yes. water one, and the rest, <laughs> and Leo. the other and such <laughs> and such. <laughs> and X and Sir Y gave us
2: appearing in this film.
0: <laughs> X and Y gave us the fairy type, which is my least favorite type, actually. Um. Cause I'm, I'm a dragon trainer and fairies are my natural enemy. Yeah. Fairies are my natural enemy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I find myself missing sun and moon because even though I would not say it's on the level of like an emerald or a a crystal for me, it, it makes me nostalgic for a time for a period of Pokemon that I actually liked and I, I'm not there (laughs) Anymore?
1: I like Team Skull a lot. I like Guzma. Oh, Team Skull is the best team.
0: And I, I, will I think. Go to the
1: grave saying that. Pokemon Sun and Moon, like like you said, it has the best story of any of the Pokemon. It also has like some really subtle storytelling that I think is really interesting. Like I've talked about the Eevee Quest a thousand times, but also the fact that if you go into. If you find the house that you eventually figure out is the house of Guzma's father, and he, he talks about how he has all these regrets in his life, and you go and. Check out there's like a, a thing of golf clubs in his corner, and it says they're golf clubs and they're all bent. And it's like, that is some really dark implications. Like, either he was hitting Guzma with those because I know they didn't get along at all, or even so, like, he probably destroyed them out of like frustration. Like, I think it mentions like there's a broken picture there too. Like, it's just some really cool, dark shit.
2: I was Good gonna say one, right? I, I would assume that he was just hitting stuff out of frustration with the clubs, not he beat someone else with the clubs.
1: You don't know with Pokemon,
2: that's God a thing. <laughs> It's a children's game. Um, so you
1: say, but there's always th- it's it's pretty it gets a little effed up sometimes.
2: That's that's true. That's true. I
0: kind of miss Mega Evolutions. Mm. I never thought I would say it, but I miss Mega Charizard X. He's so I cool. I miss Mega Mawile. Mega Mawile was amazing. Dope. Yes, the whole uh, the whole little shop of horror thing going on with that character. I Very love Mawile. Cool. It was ridiculous. It was absurd because you just had these Pokemon that were so OP and could wipe out whole teams basically by themselves. And then if you had the uh, the the super attack, you could also just one shot tanks. It yes, was absolutely wild. But yeah, I <laughs> I, I I miss. I I do kind of miss that era because it was the last time I truly cared um, about Pokemon. Um, I feel contractually obligated to talk about the uh, SMT4 plus Apocalypse, Mm, um, uh which uh certainly has their fans. I reviewed SMT4 for IGN uh, back in the day. Uh, Interesting game. Um, I enjoyed the boss battles, but I barely remember that game remarkably it was like 10 years ago that i actually reviewed it i do remember how hard it was to find ueno (laughs) yes (laughs) because there comes a point where you go into tokyo and talking about talking about games that just cut you loose and don't really give you an idea of where to go like i could not find um ueno to save my life it was the bane of my existence
2: (laughs) yeah i think the coolest thing that four does is the way it just gives you a world and a world that is so feels i don't know like dangerous in a way like correct me if i'm wrong because it's been a long time since i played this game but i remember you kind of do this whole thing where you're going through a dungeon you're kind of going through layers and stuff like that and you realize you've been going down this whole time and then you end up in tokyo and that's kind of like that that early section of the game if i remember Mm -hmm. correctly Mm -hmm. um I just loved that feeling of it was like in 13 at the end of Final Fantasy 13, where you suddenly get to the big open world and it's like, whoa, whoa, like this is here. And but I think four does it better. And four like has that moment where you have just been through this gauntlet, this like onslaught of fighting and getting your butt kicked and and all that. And then it's like, okay. time to start the real game and it's like what what (laughs) that wasn't it and like it's it's a really cool moment that is the one thing I always remember from four I style of it like kind of general story of it didn't really hit for me I agree I've heard good things about apocalypse apocalypse Mm -hmm. I know has some people who will shout it out as like it's actually quite good you should play it um so I think if you like especially if you're someone who who played SMT5 on, on Switch and were like, I want more of this. SMT4, worth worth checking out. Um, I know that it had especially good dual screen stuff. Uh, I was trying to think when I was looking through this list of like what games had really good dual screen, like specifically were good on the yeah. 3DS. Because there's yeah. a lot of games, especially when we start talking about the can Wii yeah uh, Can we talk a little um, about
0: a little game called Etrian Odyssey, <laughs> which yeah, I know that yeah. a connection... A collection is coming out for the Switch. Yes, mm-hmm. but you can't get Etrian Odyssey four or five. Yeah, and those are the ones I loved. Five is the one that I loved. It was like the culmination yeah. of the entire series. Mm-hmm. So that's the one that I would want more mm-hmm. than one, two, or three. Uh, actually, also the collection on the on the Nintendo Switch is hell expensive. And it doesn't seem yeah. optimal to be playing without a uh, without a, a proper second screen. I, I'm curious to see, I'm curious to see what they um, come up with.
1: I think it'll be good. I think I'll have a good time with it. But yeah, just Etrian Odyssey four and five are definitely two uh, must-guess. And shout out to Atlas for the way they would take their DS games and ramp them up for the 3DS. It's a great use of the the system. To be honest with you, uh, it got a lot of people a second chance with these games because I wouldn't have been able to play them otherwise because, uh, I mean, God, DS games went out of print so quickly a lot of the time.
0: Did they? I suppose they did. It was a weird time to be a Nintendo fan. It really oh, so was. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: this was when, like, the kind of the dark era for RPGs that we've been talking about many, many times. So people, the companies printed very limited runs of their DS RPGs and made it really hard to find a lot of them later on.
0: I remember being depressed a lot. I think I mean hey, Axe of the Blood God existed during the three D S and Wii U era. Oh my mm-hmm. god. Go back to mm-hmm. go listen to our back catalog. And <laughs> then, is your
1: whole thing just like very sad and today in RPG News, zero, nothing.
0: <laughs> Nada. Nada.
1: Hey, you hear about a uh, game called Final Fantasy Four? Let's
0: talk about it again. It's coming out again.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I think I think there are a lot of games on this list that get talked about a lot like Radiant Historia, Tales of the Abyss is another one that like yeah, it's 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 a good tales game. It's I think it's one of the better tales game. Uh but I do want to shout out one that I don't see mentioned as often which is Attack of the Friday Monsters. Yeah, what is that? Um that is you basically play as like a small kid where you're kind of playing Pretend it's like an episodic type thing where there's there's a giant monster every Friday um, and and you have to go around collecting monster cards and you kind of do this thing where like, oh, you get a monster card and you get information and you can go fight other people with them. You can like cast spells on your friends because I have this monster cards. So that means you fall down now and stuff like that. It's like very wholesome and like kids playing in the playground, like imagination driven sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, like Vic says, go grab all the guild games. So that was like kind of a collection that was being done of just different weird small games i think crimson shroud was part of those too uh yeah, nadia absolutely. you talked me into getting that one and i have that Great loaded game, up right? on my 3ds yeah
0: i almost feel like we should just add vic to this episode and, like call an audible and be like just bring vic in <laughs> <laughs> i'm not editing that art writer
1: says art writer says nadia what do you think of dragon quest 8 on 3ds all of the ds slash 3ds games for the uh dragon quest series are pretty good 8 is actually a really good adaptation of it. Um, I don't think you get the orchestrated music. You do get extra content. You can see the enemies on the field before they attack you, which is new and cool and really welcome. Kind of a a bit of a step down in graphics, but I find that it still looks really good because Square Enix has always been very good about kind of putting Dragon Quest onto these lower-powered systems and making them look really awesome. So, yeah, go ahead. Um, If you need a Dragon Quest 8, I think it's probably one of the better versions to play.
0: What's the better what's the best version? Is it the mobile it is version hard or to the p s two
1: I don't know. I might go with the three d s version at the end of the day just because being able to see the enemies on screen is such a you know time saver d q eight I
0: think needs a it's not on Nintendo switch, no, and it should be that's the one I want on switch.
1: That's a good one to, but eleven's also really
0: good too. I feel like eleven's like a oh, like 11 eight kind of perfected. overshadowed it but yeah exactly it's still great though but at the same time eight is a wonderful story that's not so reliant on nostalgia yeah to be a good also
1: probably sugiyama's last good soundtrack to be honest with you
0: yeah Mm. yeah yeah it got it got it got a little simple after that one but uh well let's let's move on to the wii u really quickly um The Wii U is an interesting one. Why are you laughing? (laughs) As Nintendo once said, let's move on from the Wii U. (laughs) Well, a lot of the better Nintendo Switch, uh, a lot of the better RPGs in the Wii U ended up coming out on the Nintendo Switch in any case. Uh, You mentioned Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE. You're like, oh, you can get on the Wii U because of the second screen stuff. It's like, oh, okay, yes. if you want, I guess. It's
2: good. It's good second screen stuff. They, I mean, did they put it in the Switch version? Yes, they did. But I, there was something about playing that game and having all my like text messages on the Wii U game head that, that I just nice. really liked. Like, like it's. Wow. <laughs>
0: wow text messages what a value well, it add keeps your, it dual, keeps your dual screen clean. stuff
2: is so cool yeah, yeah. Well, it's not just keeping the ui clean it's like i don't know it's 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 a different way of getting information that makes it feel like a little bit more personal i, I, I understand it, does that make sense yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, like having you, you a tablet have, like you're playing something on the screen right but then you have something here and so like yeah. you're doing something up there and then you like look down here and you're like oh my buddy sent me a text. What's up? How you doing? And it like, it was always cool when
1: they can nail that, when they can nail that feature.
2: That that's something that we lost with, with losing the dual screens was yeah. that like, it was just a different way of presenting information and people did True. really cool stuff with that. I'll always think of hotel dusk and the oh, way that so you would play hotel dusk by like holding it, mm-hmm. I'm holding a 3ds up right now, but you would hold it kind of upwards, like long ways up. Like it like was a, a notebook. Yeah, yeah. Like that's so cool. Like, and it just got people to be inventive and did not a lot of developers like doing that. Sure. But the ones who did did really cool stuff with it. And that's, that's I agree. why agree. Like bring
1: that, back the so. dual screen. That's what the Switch 2 needs to be. Just a giant ass <laughs> Nintendo DS clamshell and all bring back yeah. the clamshell. Whatever you do, Nintendo clamshell
2: uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X, though is the big one that's still stuck on Wii U and probably the one that you want to seek out uh, because yeah,
0: that's the one.
2: That game that game rips. Also, you can play the worst version of Mass Effect 3 on the Wii. <laughs> um,
3: oh, yeah. The worst
1: version. I
0: forget. Okay. What about Paper Mario Color Splash? Huh? You
2: eh? need to understand how bad the version of Mass Effect 3 is. I believe it did not have multiplayer when it launched. I need to. I'm double checking that oh, right no. now. Well, do that, you not...
0: that puts it in the Mass Effect Collector's Edition territory.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: Legendary Edition.
2: Yeah, I, I'm double checking that right now. Um Okay, it might have it had multiplayer and just no one played it. That was the problem. <laughs> yeah, that tends to uh, happen with the Wii U. But Mass Effect 3, because the previous two did not come out on Massif- uh, on Wii U, uh, you just had to do the comic at the beginning. So can you imagine getting to Mass oh, Effect 3 right. and just doing the interactive comic to sum up the events of 1 and 2 and then playing 3? Like, that's just... Imagine opening up Game of Thrones at like book 6 and being like <laughs> I'm going to start here.
0: <laughs> I enjoyed the interactive comment conceit. I thought it was a decent way to 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 handle an unwinnable situation, I think.
2: I for two, maybe, but three is so much like this is mm. the culmination of the series. Everything's coming together. And like, why? Why would you do that? You're not going to care about what's going on with Thane. You only
0: met Thane like for f- two seconds, five minutes ago. Hey, <laughs> like, Nadia, do you know what the first Redwall book I read was? Tomeo.
1: My first was Mossflower. That's
2: the that's the second one. You're good there.
0: No, it's the third one. Mossflower what? is the second one. Mossflower- is it? I went Redwall and then Mossflower and then Matameo was the the sequel to Redwall. Oh, I went Redwall, Matameo. Like, I went that to that. So I had no idea who Matthias was. Matthias was already a warrior. Um, Oh, right. Yeah. I didn't know who any of these characters were. They were alluding to characters, uh, events from Redwall. Freaking character from Redwall dies
3: Mm. in Mm Matameo.
0: And yet, I thoroughly enjoyed that book, despite the fact that I was reading it out of order. There's this weird thing where it's like, no, I have to read them in order or I am not going to get proper enjoyment out of it. There is something magical in reading the end point of a series first and then returning to the original story and then with like foreknowledge about what's going to happen and seeing how they all got there.
1: My That's- My first Narnia book was The Last Battle.
2: I was about to (laughs) say, like, that's that's like reading Narnia and starting with The Last Battle.
0: The Revelations. (laughs) It was cool, though. I liked it. There's just this weird linear thinking that's going on. It's like, you absolutely have to read the first one first, or it's just ruined. It's Mm -hmm. completely worthless otherwise. Enjoy the story on its own merits. I agree. So I can't watch Return of the Jedi until I see Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, or it's totally worthless
2: well okay in, in that in that situation that's different i think with with some series they intentionally have spinoffs like redwall has a bunch of different stories that are kind of meant to be read alongside or maybe they're they are in sequence but they're not following like the the big plot the a plot they may be like oh here's a side character that'll show up in some later books and stuff I, mass effects only three games and, and it's very much about like telltale thing in the corner. Your choices will matter type stuff. That's, that's why the Wii U version is just bizarre to me. Also, it it just isn't a good version of that game, but, uh, it is funny that it exists in, in, in my opinion. That was, that was the moment where it was like, I think to me, if you had not by that point realized that EA didn't know what they had with mass effect, them being like, yeah, put it on the Wii U is definitely like they don't know what they're doing. That's a <laughs> fact.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. In the chat, Robo Riley and I are having a moment realizing that apparently we met Brian Jakes at the same time. Wow, oh, cool. Heck, yeah. <laughs> at the same bookstore, apparently. Uh, apparently in Minnesota, I guess. Um, because Brian Jakes came and was on a book tour and came to Minnesota one year. I think uh, this was like 2000 maybe 2000 or 2001 and unless Rob riley is uh throwing out a different date sadly i had to go to work so i could not stand in line to get my book signed oh and i had this dope hardcover illustrated version of the original red wall that i totally would have loved to have oh, gotten signed because that would have been so cool the og the og red wall is my favorite of them, actually. I think that's I think that's the best one. And then after a while, they were getting ghostwritten, and they weren't as good. But this this concludes your Redwall segment. Um, <laughs> Xenoblade Chronicles X came out during the run of Axe of the Blood God, and I am remiss in saying that we did not review it at the time mm. because it bored me.
2: Well, it's going to be a Pantheon game now. A
0: big yeah. <laughs> a big um, shall we say, empty, open world filled with a lot of enemies to explore uh, a very nondescript party. and i I didn't really understand the point of it at the time. Since then, it has been, shall we say, rehabilitated? <laughs> Like People like Xenoblade Chronicles X now. and It has robots. Regardless of its relative merits, I think people are just really excited because, I don't know, it's on the Wii U and you can't easily get it. That's what people really get into these I games I just for. like it. Xeno Z- games go hard.
1: No matter what they're trying to do, no matter if they're going to fail or succeed, they always do something crazy. And I think that's why people like xenoblade chronicles x because yeah like eric said here are those these mechs that have no business being on this system that can barely handle them but
0: you know what i loved getting a fucking license for a mech in xenoblade chronicles x grinding for my for my mech license cool You gotta have a license just you know Gotta yeah. have a license to drive you your Gotta Mac. get
2: certified that's a giant <laughs> robot who do you think
1: you are a teenage boy who tumbles in by accident i know
0: you're not amuro ray <laughs> There's a lot of people who are like, I want Xenoblade Chronicles X on the Switch, and I'm like, eh, sure, why not? <laughs> if if you insist. The, now there are people who are like Breath of the Wild. It was Breath of the Wild before Breath of the Wild, and I'm like, I'm. Maybe. Not about that much. It was not my favorite Xenoblade. Will not at go all. that hard.
1: Uh, it did have a great soundtrack though. The opening area, well, like the big, where you see like the big dinosaurs and stuff. That was really cool when you start off there, and the music just thumps.
0: So what would you say? Is the most essential RPG to get on each platform. I'd say Xenoblade Chronicles X on the Wii U, and I would actually consider the 3DS version of Radiant Historia um, on the 3DS. Or, sorry, I didn't mention Persona Q2 New Cinema Labyrinth.
1: That yeah. came out right at the like right at the end of the 3DS's life, and it was a charming little game.
0: I agree. I actually went out and bought it so that I can make sure that I uh, had it on my Good system. Good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever play Persona Q? Uh, Eric.
2: nah, I dungeon crawlers and I have a weird love, hate relationship where I love the concept of them, but I will know within five minutes whether I want to keep playing them or not. And so mm. for as many like dungeon encounters that exist out there that just eat away at my time, uh, I run into ones that just don't. And like, I never got into Grimrock or anything like that. Cause it just didn't click with me for whatever reason. And I think I saw some gameplay. I also don't like chibi stuff. So like I saw that in Persona Q and I was like, I think I'm good. I, I, I don't think that's going to click for me. Uh, but I, I, I respect all y'all who do like it.
0: Drew Rwx says, it's been my conspiracy theory that Monolith Soft developed a 3D engine for the Switch and shopped it out to other teens, which got us the latest Kirby and probably Pokemon. And they also worked on Breath of the Wild. Was Xenoblade Chronicles X a giant tech experiment?
1: could have been like monolith soft knowing them like i said they like to push and see what they can do and even if it comes out to be a mess hey at least they tried but they've always been like that as far back as you know uh xeno gears
3: hmm.
2: yeah 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 they're just ambitious and they're just takahashi yeah yeah does it
1: have robots well no it's a it's a medieval game well who cares put robots in it
2: let's build a model let's a <laughs> model. build some Gumbler.
0: <laughs> okay what's your game this is the game
2: <laughs> this, is, this is the game <laughs>
0: You may recall some years ago that we did the console RPG quests for the Wii U and the uh, Nintendo 3DS. Maybe we'll redo the, that series again sometime. That'd be a lot of fun. That'd
1: be fun. Yeah, that would be. Fun. I like that.
0: But that, that was a great. That was a great series, wasn't it? But mm-hmm. the uh, let us reflect briefly on the RPG legacy of the, the 3DS and the Wii U. Uh, I, I would say the 3DS is perhaps more robust. Um, in so many ways, it was the continuation of the original Nintendo DS's legacy uh, in R- RPG terms. To me, the legacy of the 3DS is that it gave us it it revived Fire Emblem Awakening, and yeah, yeah. It, it gave us Fire Emblem Awakening and revived the series. So I'll always be grateful uh, for that. Uh, and it it did have just a lot of good digital games a lot, A lot of games in general, pretty robust library. But when I think back to the 3DS, also, it's hard for me to pick out like a game, like the one game, that one game. Like with the SNES, I can say, well, Chrono Trigger was that one game, right? That stands head and shoulders Mm -hmm. above above all others. For me, the 3DS had many, many excellent games, but not any truly transcendent games. But maybe I'm wrong question mark
1: um I, I see where you're coming from, just uh but that's okay to me like it was almost as if the d s was the start for many series that got perfected on three d s mm. and uh, like I mentioned atlas how they're i think they're the m v p of the three d s with all the remakes that they yes. did of like yeah. really hard to find games that they had to do print, uh, limited prints of the first time around, so yeah i I give my hats off to them
2: the The thing about the 3DS is I think the Nintendo DS was a bizarre, weird experiment that resulted in some crazy good games for people who are absolute sickos like myself. I think the Nintendo DS is secretly one of the best RPG libraries in existence. Oh, for sure. Uh, When we move into the 3DS, I do think it gets weaker. But here's the thing. I think the 3DS became like a lifestyle accessory as much as it was a gaming yes. console and it felt like like part of the allure of carrying around the 3ds was that you carried it around it was like a phone kind of you'd get street passes and mm-hmm. those street passes would tie into different games in different interesting ways so you
0: remember find me <laughs> yes yeah how could you it- forget
2: it was. I mean, it has a camera on it, and you should see the the Zoomers. By the way, are yes. getting these things and taking them to concerts and recording concerts on their 3DS it's very camera, which is all of just amazing. Yeah. Uh, but I think like that is the legacy of the 3DS is that it it imagines a time when you could still have a bespoke gaming handheld that traveled with you, that was meant to be this thing that both tied into your life and worked with your life, and and like was was part of your life in interesting ways but was not just everything on your phone you yeah, know
0: exactly um
2: and i think that's why i like it i like the I 3ds like very did come out when the handles. smartphone
0: the 3ds did come out when the smartphones were already a thing they um, were right. pretty hot competition i remember yeah. thinking that the 3ds was doomed because uh it came out when the iPhones and smartphones had really taken off and it seemed like mobile games were going to just replace and dedicated handhelds as we knew them and the 3ds as we all know got off to a very slow start mm-hmm. to the point yeah. where nintendo aggressively slashed the price and then did the nintendo ambassadors program which by the way i had a 3ds and i never took advantage of it and so i couldn't get uh gba games emulated on my thing
1: oh my gosh cat oh. metroid fusion on your
0: 3ds was so amazing so so disappointing so disappointed in myself What the heck was I doing? I stole uh, GamePro's 3DS. Good for you. Someone had to do it. uh, (laughs) Screw you, Scary Larry. I had it in my bag because I was playing some game on it for work. And I walked in and discovered that I had been laid off. And I just kept it in my bag (laughs) and did not take it out again.
1: (laughs) F the man, I guess. F Bro Buzz. I'm sorry if I'm calling you out, Bro Buzz and Scary Larry. I just remember your names. I don't know who you are. I'm just beefing. I have no idea who you are. You're okay
0: with me. <laughs> I just liked your names. I never liked the 3D effect on the 3D. No, it yeah. well. No, it didn't work as well as it should have. I uh, there there were some exceptions. I liked the 3D classics actually. Those were mm. great. Those were yeah. great. They had oh. some great ideas that it never really expanded upon. That was one of them. I mean, if we want to talk about
2: non-RPGs, we can talk about Picross 3D because that oh, game such a good game! It's Such game a good, so game. good. Uh, uh, that that might be one of the best Picross cross games ever made. First it's, time I played so pick cross actually,
1: and I was like, there, uh, "There's no way I'm going to get this. I'm bad at numbers." And no, I oh, it, no it Picross. actually helped me.
2: Pick cross is like the best. Y'all ever just stop and think about that? Pick cross is just so good. I love pick cross.
0: cross is a mainstay in my household for sure. As for the as for the Wii U, I, well, I'm on record as <laughs> saying that it's my least favorite Nintendo console. And yeah. yeah. It was a very depressing time to be a Nintendo fan. I think it's definitely the least played of any of my Nintendo consoles. I found that thing a bear to turn on. I hated the the Wii U gamepad with all of my tiny heart. And I, uh, I, I was playing on the PS4. I was I was playing on the PS4 and heck the Vita. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. I was not. I was definitely not playing uh, on my Wii U.
1: I am thankful, though, that we use uh, best games or many of his games actually have been airlifted back onto the switch where they thank you. Had another yeah,
0: life.
2: I I do think there's something lost in it and I, I will I will explain myself now. So Eric had a Wii U back in, in the days when he was working in an internship. He had very little money, uh, could really only play games if he got them for review or something so I the Wii U was my companion in that time because I would put on Netflix and I would pull out Mario Maker on the Wii U and I would just make stuff on the gamepad and and that was like my solace for for a lot of times because uh, I was in a new city and I was trying to adjust to life and and didn't have a lot of money to get games or go do stuff so like the mario maker on the wii u got me through some some sometimes and uh i have like a very special connection to that but i will also freely admit that in general the wii u was not good and and it really ended up just being that like the switch was the ultimate realization of what that technology could and should have been even though i do do really wish that maybe not for a console, but for a handheld like the 3DS, that the dual screen stuff would come back because I, I love the dual screen stuff, personally.
0: I sold my Wii U to somebody on the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, whoever did that, for taking that off Cat's hands, I guess. The only two things that I liked that made me kind of sad to be giving getting rid of my Wii U was NES Remix. Mm. Uh, that was a great mix. The Virtual Console all of my virtual console games from the Wii mm-hmm. that I imported onto the thing. Yeah. And that was, that was, it was pretty solid having Rondo of blood on my, on my Wii U. I will say that much. You're pretty special. Um, and oh, the, the Miiverse was great. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. I love the creativity of the Miiverse and it's gotten kind of lost, I think, in the current version of the switch.
1: The uh, Meverse was such a strange experiment in social media. There was nothing like it. Like that, I think that's the, the, where the uh, now draw her giving giving birth meme came from because someone drew a picture of. A, the of, what? <laughs> you haven't heard that meme? Draw her giving birth. Someone drew a picture. Okay, this is on. This is on Meverse. Someone drew a picture of an octoling, I think, and someone responded, "Wow, that's really great." And then a separate comment below that, "Draw her giving birth."
2: The Art Academy games got (laughs) weird, huh? (laughs) You really just grabbed the wheel on this one and dragged us right into that nostalgia pit. (laughs) I didn't do it.
1: But I will say that Wii U, we got to give it a shout out for bringing Earthbound back into the frame. Nintendo was so desperate. They're like, please, just take Earthbound.
0: Yeah. Give us money. Didn't didn't Earthbound come out on the 3DS first? No.
1: It was the Wii U. It was a big deal.
0: This is my 3DS? Here's what I miss. The dope themes.
1: Yes. I'm so mad those aren't a thing
0: on the Switch. There's no reason for them not to be. Oh, yeah. So here are the games that are on my my 3DS. I've got, uh, here's the thing I love about 3DS I love that I could play DS games on it. Yes. Mm. That's great. Uh, yes. And I have a number of DS games I still really enjoy, like um, Game Center CX and uh, the Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow. That's and- such a good game. Uh, Dragon Quest uh, five and nine, and games like that, um, and Tetris DS apparently. Elite Beat Agents, the Owen games. So mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of great DS games that I really enjoyed. And then on my 3DS, I have Pocket Car Jockey, uh, Persona Q and Persona Q two, Rhythm Heaven Mega Mi- Mega Mix, which is definitely one uh, you should such be a getting. a good game.
1: Yes, absolutely get. The... That is a fantastic game. Get it.
0: Etrian Odyssey five. Star Fox 64 mm-hmm. 3D, that was which a annoyed slept. me at the time because they ever so slightly changed the voices. And I'm like, I, I can't deal with the changed oh, oh. voices. I'm not
1: shit anymore. Yeah. <laughs> what am I <we> going to
0: do? <laughs> they sound different. The inflection is slightly different, but it's gorgeous. And, it's great. Uh, it actually had a great 3D effect for its time. Yes, it did work well. It did work well. I, even I kind of liked it, even though I found it painful. Um, Ultimate NES Remix. That's a great one. I go back to that one periodically. Uh Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy Curtain Call, which now I have that on my Switch and Arguable. I over. have it on my Switch. But yeah. I kind of liked the the tippy-tappy. I kind of prefer the tippy-tappy um I prefer uh, playing on buttons. my phone with uh with the the the, the stylus. I, I, I kind of like the buttons mm-hmm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. But yeah, either way, buttons, I mean the buttons are easier. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then uh I uh, got a lot of retro games and like afterburner 3d and Pokemon red and blue which we haven't even mentioned Pokemon go go get the Pokemon games
3: <laughs> yes yeah go yeah. get
0: Pokemon red and blue and crystal and all that because I'm I expect they'll come out on the switch but it's not a guarantee you never know so and it's gonna be subscription it's not like you can
1: buy these games anymore like exactly One piece like way you used to uh shout out to supermoop and the Mario Wii U guy who always used to comment on every single game and just say nice water. Amazing mm-hmm. water. Nice mm-hmm. and he had to buy these games to comment on them. So I mean, good for him. But uh I, I, I whenever I look at a game and it has great water effects, I say nice water, and I think of him. So <laughs> shout out to you, Mario Wii U.
2: Uh I've also opened mine up and I'm looking for stuff we did not mention. Uh Link Between Worlds, obviously. Oh, like that's how do you and so. not have Link Between Worlds? I I, I have like have Link Zelda Between 3DS. Worlds better oh th-
0: that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, I got the uh I got the new two DS excel which i really love the ergonomics of this thing great screen Mm -hmm. i kind of miss the 3d because (laughs) i've got the kirby 3d classic and afterburner Uh, table (laughs) so it's a gimmick and i would look at it for like five seconds and then turn it off immediately but i kind of wish that i could just do it you know every so every so often
2: as Beware the Slime said, yes, uh, Project Cross Zone, uh, definitely Absolutely. a series to look into if you like the the crossover stuff and and tactics. Uh, Rune Factory 4 is now available on other platforms, but like I have very specific memories of playing it on the 3DS, like in bed, you know, just just like this, just playing under under the covers. Would you all ever do that when you were kids with like a a, a handheld? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I, I was showing playing... my age here.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was definitely playing Game Boy with the tiny yeah. lights that I would find a way to mm-hmm. get a tiny light mm-hmm. shining mm-hmm. on it just so I could see it enough. I used to play Game Boy by passing streetlight. <laughs> There's a comic about that, I think, by Zach Gorman, where kids will never understand
1: the struggle of trying to play uh, Game Boy on a road trip and trying to like read, uh, look at it through like the spaced out uh, streetlights.
2: Oh, here we go rusty's real deal baseball that was There's so one
1: i reviewed that
0: game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was really Did they interesting had you
1: reviewing a baseball game they hadn't reviewing rusty's real deal baseball because it was basically nintendo's experiment with free to play
0: mm-hmm.
1: if you remember that where you'd get shoot i can't remember how it worked exactly but you'd get certain games for free and pay for others feed like them it was very nintendo in that it was it was like uh it was a microtransaction but presented very cutely it was kind of like the um my f- husband still plays this the claw game that they had in uh on the 3ds and they had like the bunny rabbit who was very cute and kind of encouraging so to spend more UFO money the ufo game the ufo game yeah
2: yeah yeah that guy got, got kind of mad that got, like about a that. switch version i think right
1: no no it did like the crane game like i don't think it did did it
2: i'm trying to remember i thought it did um Oh yeah! Shoutouts to Codename Steam.
1: Oh God. right, that was a, thing. a that was one with like Abraham Lincoln
2: all pumped up, right? Yeah. What a weird game that. So, yeah, was. we talked
0: about that in our Intelligent Systems uh, console right. developer quest. Go check that out. I I reviewed that one, and I had forgotten that I had reviewed it. I remembered it being really hard. I didn't. I think at at its core, the actual tactics is are pretty fun. It was very hard the the theme of i don't know league of extraordinary gentlemen but for rpgs very strange to me it tried
2: something it, it was it was interesting i don't know that it was good but it was interesting so uh, did
1: dylan's rolling western which i think dylan yeah. as a character deserves better he's such a cool design
2: dylan owns i like dylan's dylan. amazing
1: mm-hmm. I, i'd love uh. to see him in another game
2: I, I also want to say the Layden games are fantastic. Of course. Uh, I yeah. love Professor Layden. I love all his puzzles, his puzzle solving. You
1: haven't played uh, Unwound Future yet, though, have you? No, I
2: think you no. Mentioned that. I, I've only played like some of the earlier oh, ones. So I actually need to pick up like I think Asrin Legacy and Unwound Future are some of the 3DS ones. Yeah, and yeah. Those are those are quite good. Um, also, a bunch heart. of Ace Attorney games have not been ported over yet. So the trilogy is on Switch, but Apollo... Spirit of Justice and Dual Destinies have not made their way over to other platforms yet, especially Dual Destinies and Spirit of Justice both use the, the touchscreen pretty heavily. So, um, I I really like dual destinies and spirit of justice. Spirit of justice has one of my favorite cases in the ace attorney series. So I would recommend it, but um, yeah, it's, I I love ace attorney. So if you like ace attorney, uh, there's, there's some good stuff on there for you.
0: There's one thing that I miss the most about the Nintendo 3ds and yes, the Wii U it's the spirit of fun and silliness Mm -hmm. that were part and parcel of those experiences. Somebody was remembering the badge arcade street passing the themes there's so much weird, uh, the me verse. There's so much weird experimentation, and as much as I love the Switch, it's a much more, mm, what's the word, simple experience. experience? Like Certainly on the dashboard.
1: themes is like kind of yeah. It's like get into the game, whatever. Yeah, play the <laughs> like, game and shut up.
0: It's, it's much, I love the Switch, I get it, but it's a very spare. Experience yes, overall, I and I think the personality of the 3DS and the Wii U is something that I think that Nintendo uh, could stand to bring back. Uh, that's it for our, our exploration of the Nintendo 3DS and Wii U eShop. Next, we're going to be checking out the Pantheon of the Blood God revisit. Don't go away.
3: This episode is brought to you by
2: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups.
0: Okay, it's time now for the Pantheon of the Blood God Revisit, our ongoing series in which we revisit games that we did or did not put into the Pantheon as part of our Pantheon of the Blood God series, which is available to Patreons and patreon.com slash bloodgodpod. And this month we are doing Bloodborne. Ah, Bloodborne. It's Mm. the least RPG of all the Souls games. Basically kind of a Castlevania. It's, It's... fascinating i think it's one of the best survival horror experiences that i've ever yeah. had just absolutely whipped <laughs> uh with the <laughs> final battle the final boss battle so many secrets to find absolutely glorious by far my favorite monthly game club
3: mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: i loved it i i loved bloodborne so much it's great does it deserve to be in the pantheon though that's the question Yes. This is, this is one of those games where we're going to sound like idiots
1: if we say no, so we should probably just move on right now. <laughs> it's, but like, it's an
0: RPG. Who cares? I it's mean, Bloodborne. I <laughs> <laughs> like, I like uh, Bloodborne better than Elden Ring. No, I like Elden sure, Ring better. Sure, sure.
1: But they're two very different kinds of experiences.
0: They are. Well, okay. I like them for different reasons. I, exactly. I think I like them equally. I like Elden Ring's exploration and the, its sheer scale, and I, I like the kind of the fantasy aesthetic, and I, I like the world. I love how Bloodborne is a much tighter mm-hmm. experience. It's this perfect, beautiful jewel. Per, or I think I compared it to. Uh, Elden Ring is when you go to somewhere like Lazy Bear and you're just having like meal after meal after meal after meal and every mm. like meal you have is exquisite and you're like, wow, that, that was incredible. Wow, that was incredible. And you're almost overwhelmed by the end by all the flavors and you're just so full. And then Bloodborne is where they put this little disc in front of you and you're like, okay, what is this? And then you take a bite and you're like, oh my god. How many flavors can they possibly pack into this tiny little disc? This is this is a freaking miracle. Um it, it's a remarkable it's a remarkable game. Uh really 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 <laughs> really well done, honestly. Um just thinking back over it, I wish I had played the DLC. Um mm-hmm. I'm going to get around to that one um at some point. Eric, you beat uh, Bloodborne, right?
2: Uh, I haven't beat Bloodborne. I played a lot of Bloodborne though. Um, I, I don't think there's a game that is so good at setting up its world. Uh, Like, I, I, I don't think there's many games that are as good at like just creating a world as Bloodborne is like it is like not just through narrative, not just through design, but like everything, everything coalesces in that game to just make something that like the second you see Bloodborne you don't just go like, Oh yeah, that's bloodborne. You can like feel drawn into Yarnum from, from watching it. Mm. And I, I think it's just so compelling in that way because yeah, like, like dark souls, Elden ring, like they're, they're good. They're evocative, but they're, they're kind of high fantasy. Like they're things we have seen before, even if they're being reinterpreted and iterated on and things like that. Um, I'm not saying
0: that Elden Ring's bad. <laughs>
2: I really love Elden
0: Ring. The difference like Cassa, between Elden Ring and Bloodborne is that I cared about the story a lot more. Like I wanted to know what was going on with the poor monster girl. <clears throat> I I think the actual
2: plot plot of Elden Ring is better, but I think Bloodborne just has a fascinating world. Like like learning about what is been transpiring in the city how it's been falling into chaos like what was happening in the past like how all these different factions are kind of opposed to each other is so good it's it's yeah. I, every time you run into something that's this new indescribable horror i think the first time you see in in amygdala and stuff like that and you're just like what is going on or, or the first time you get abducted and put in the sack and and taken away and it's so that game is survival horror in a way that is absolutely amazing. And uh, yeah, I, I really do love it. I think it's just this game that exists kind of off in its own little pocket of like no one else could really there. Are, there are certainly people right now trying to do Bloodborne mm-hmm. because for we don't have Bloodborne on PC and stuff. So there are definitely developers that I've seen putting games out, that, out there that are like, oh, we're trying to make a Bloodborne like on PC. Come play it. Uh, but they can't capture that magic. There's something about that spark, world, yeah. that that darkness, that mystery.
0: Bloodborne is one really bad night as mm. the world mm-hmm. is torn asunder. It's fantastic cosmic horror, I have to say. I felt like I was going crazy. Um, I'm playing it and that kind of thing. There's a lot of conversations about whether or not it's an RPG Maybe we can talk about that more in our no. Pantheon the Blood God revisit. JD. It just gets in. <laughs> the system shock, of course, has been brought up. Um if you listen to our excellent uh our excellent episode, uh episode four hundred with uh Felipe, he uh he actually delivered quite an excellent rebuttal to the is System Shock uh to an RPG question. Uh, so anyway. Well, maybe that's something that we can litigate at another time. But in the meantime, that's it for the Painting of the Blood God Revisit. We'll be doing a fuller episode in April. But in the meantime, Nadia, take us home.
1: A cat. I know you've probably gone tobogganing many, many times. Eric, oh, have yeah. you
2: been tobogganing? What's tobogganing? S-
1: sledding <laughs> Dude, down a hill. You have family in Wisconsin,
0: nope. don't you?
2: Yeah, but I don't visit them in the winter. Why would I do that? <laughs> because um, you go tobogganing. So, I mean, I've, I've ridden things down hills of snow before, but that's about it. But it, not like sleds. It, it was like I'd get a shovel or a trash can lid and ride that down a snow hill.
1: Uh, 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 a shovel huh? what you'd ride on a shovel is that what you just Yeah, said?
2: yeah yeah you get like a snow shovel because it's like kind of curved and it's got that inbent and you just sit on it with like the the handle in front of you as like kind of a steering device damn and you just you just go down
1: oh okay well in Canada you can get like this t- ties kind of a little bit into what I was going to tell you but in Canada you get something called a crazy carpet it's literally a piece of shiny plastic and you just fling yourself down you get it for like three bucks you fling yourself okay. down on it you go down like you know a billion miles an hour now here's the thing you don't you don't toboggan regularly so you kind of picture you probably went when it was like nice and powdery snow and it was like you know kind of almost oh, safe
2: this was texas snow so it was like we had maybe three inches of snow and we really just like Riding something down a grass hill that had a little bit more lubrication than it used to. Like, it was not much. Yeah.
1: Okay. Because when I was a kid, like, sledding was serious business uh, every winter. And with Toronto, you get a lot of freezing and melting and kind of go through a cycle. So you you start like first days of nice, you know, powdery snow. And again, I've lived uh, close to ravines. So we knew some like really killer hills, uh, literally. And, um, there came a basically we you want to sled at the end of winter. It's it's, it's definitely a deadly thing because I mentioned the 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 melting and refreezing. So we had this really really great hill that was like a big walk. It was in a park, but it was worth it. And especially at the end of winter because it was pure ice. So we would sled down this really steep hill that was made of pure ice. Now my brother had a GT snow racer, which is like a I don't know if they still make it the way they did, but it's like a metal. Actual like sled with a steering wheel it was really cool. Uh, so that kind of thing was safe for ice because I had a good heft. It actually had brakes that you could press on; and it would stop you. But we didn't really use that for the hill. Like, you, it was my it was my brother's sled, and of course, he's the bigger brother. He he gets to use it. So I have to use whatever the alternative is, which in my family was a knockoff GT snow racer was made of plastic, had a brake that didn't work, and I'm like, okay. So I. And one particular year, I get on this hill. It's pure ice. I <laughs> I get on this really cheap-ass sled, and I just... Like, back to the future, fire trails. And I fall. And I just destroy my jacket. I destroy my arm. I'm just like, oh, my God, I think I'm dead. And uh, I scraped my way down that ice. like, And that was... Mm-hmm. That, that was a long ride to scrape down ice, so I got to go home and show my mom. Hey, yeah, I ruined my jacket. I ruined my. <laughs> I'm going sledding because that's how you have fun in Canada. You kill yourself with the snow because you think, oh, I'll have a nice snowball fight. No, then some kid mixes ice in with the snowballs and ruins it for everyone. They announce on the school PA, no more, <laughs> no more snowball fights. Yeah, uh, the moral of the lo- of the story is snow is really deadly. Don't touch it but do the snow down, is
0: deadly <laughs> go down ice hills it'll be great please children snow's deadly it will kill you this is well, a I mean, lesson is this like it, sonic says it, listen tails snow snow's deadly so have a chili dog
1: that sonic <laughs> says there's a sonic says about smoking and of course it's like whoa oh, no smoke it's not cool but it starts with the grounder like the uh the sonic enemy uh tails comes with across a carton of cigarettes on the ground for some reason and grounder just wheels off and says give me my smokes and he i swear to god my family was all chain smokers and he takes out the cigarette the exact same way my family would take out their cigarettes just like draw it straight from the path like past like uh like selma from the simpsons she just take it from yeah. right the from the pack. it's like holy shit whoever animated that knew exactly what they were doing give me mm-hmm. my smokes mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my favorite sonic moment
0: there's but also don't touch the... snow don't smoke
2: you can't go fast if you're smoking tails <laughs>
0: There's also G.I. Joe. Also, why were the robots uh smoking? I don't know. I'm not <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog.
2: Look, they gotta get bounced on by a blue hedgehog. It's, Oops, it's, among it's us. tough out there.
0: Supermoop posted oh uh Secret <laughs> <for> smoking <laughs> and <laughs> offerings to taylor tales tails and
1: Smoking. <laughs> oh, that's
2: my new that's my new <laughs> avatar. Tails oh, that's really good.
1: As Tails like smoking's bad for you. No, it's not. Try it. And he starts Tails starts smoking because he's an idiot. And Bro says uh, uh Sonic says, Whoa bro, that smoke'll make you choke. <laughs> And then for some reason, grounder <laughs> swallows the cigarette. I don't know. It's like the people animating it were like, okay, we know cigarettes are awesome. We, we live on cigarettes and we got to animate this PSA. What can we say? Uh,
0: don't smoke. You might swallow it. Okay, perfect. Print it. And that's it for this week's episode of Back Bug. God, thank you so much for listening. I have been your host, Cap Ailey. You can follow me on Twitter at the underscore Cap Naughty is at naughty Oxford and Erica is at CWC. S-E-A-M-O-O-S-I. Don't forget that we are going to be at PAX East on Saturday. This coming Saturday, it's going to be at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, and we are going to be drafting our perfect RPG, and then we're going to be doing a meetup after the actual panel. Uh, Where's the the place that we're going, Eric? Lord
2: Hobo Brewing. Lord Hobo Brewing. At a brewery that is, I believe, pretty close to the convention center. So we'll be able to just roll right over there.
0: Yeah, we got a little space. I'm going to bring some pins uh, that you can buy. Uh, The rest of the year one pins. Um, I'm just going to bring those with me. And yeah, just come meet the the Axe of the Blood God crew at Lord Hobo Brewing um, on Saturday, March 25th, I want to say. Is that what it Mm -hmm. is? Yes. Did I get it right? Damn. Good job, cat on the money can't wait this is gonna be the first time that i've seen eric since like 2018 i think me too it's been T- about 2019
2: yeah can't wait yeah. to have
0: some drinks and the... it's been like uh four years since i saw eric and nadia so it's yeah, certainly been... we
2: all aged 40 years in that time
0: yeah definitely so yes. the blood cod crew reunited we're gonna record an episode together too um in person <laughs> that's <laughs> gonna be chaos oh, return the really acts well. of the blood god return <laughs> to the closet <laughs> if you uh want to support the podcast, uh you can find us on Patreon, patreoncom pod where you can subscribe for just $1 and that will a get you an ad-free version of the podcast. Um and also it will get you on our Discord where you can join our wonderful community and hey, I love our community. So Go check us out and support the pod at patreon.com slash bloodgodpod and thank you so much to our lovely Stars of Destiny. Speaking of our Stars of Destiny, we're about to head into the Acts of the Blood God post-show. But in the meantime, for Eric, Nadia, and myself, thanks for listening and happy adventuring.